friend, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. said, not everybody can be famous, but everybody can be great because greatness is determined by service. So let's talk about the importance of giving back and making our communities better. I'm Ashley White, the host of Joy on the Journey podcast, a weekly podcast all about defining finding and maintaining joy on the journey of life. I have promised to bring inspiring and educational interviews from women that have made an impact on my life. And this week, y'all, this week is super, super special. We have with us none other than Judge Erica Hughes. She has been appointed as an immigration judge to begin hearing cases in, in December 2021. But prior to that, she served as the presiding judge of Harris County Criminal Court at Law Number 3 and with Harris County Veterans Treatment Court in Houston. She is a military veteran and former judge advocate with the U.S. Army National Guard. Judge Erica, Hello. it is such a pleasure to have you on the podcast. It is such a pleasure to finally be here. Thank you for having <laughs> me and thank you for doing this podcast too. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Y'all, before we get started, I was telling Erica, oh my God, almost... Over 20 years ago, probably. Wow, yeah, over 20 it's years crazy. ago, I met Erica on the campus of Prairie View A&M University. Go campus. Yes. What I remember is she was a member of Eta Beta Chapter of Delta Sigma Theta. And y'all, this was, you know, 20 years before God answered my prayer. I would see Erica and her sorors on campus and be hit, and hit all of my friends. Y'all, y'all, look, look, look. There it go, there it go, there it go, there it go. And I just want to thank you again for the way you all carried yourselves. You were such leaders on campus and then continue to take over the world. And so when I became a member, I was like, man, I well, get to be with them now. <laughs> Welcome to soror to the sorority for sure, and yes, you are with us now, and and I definitely remember you at Prairie View, right, and your work uh, on campus. So thank you for your service and leadership even then. Oh, thank you. Mm -hmm. So we start every podcast because it is defining, finding, and maintaining joy on the journey of life by asking every guest, "How do you define joy?" Um, I define joy. Uh, definitely based off of my uh spiritual connection to god a lot of times it is not well in life or on this journey called life my grandmother used to say every day god gives you brand new mercies and brand new grace and to me that is uh my definition of joy to find joy on this journey no matter what if it's well still have uh an innate joy that comes from god if it is not well to still have a joy to be happy to be here and be appreciative of the brand new mercies and grace even if it is not well so mm -hmm. that is joy for me and um not necessarily being happy but having joy in spite of whatever situation's going on oh that's so good to be knowing knowing that things will be well definitely um and it's not even a, a fake you know situation um it's that you know it is going to eventually be well it's not well right now um in my life in some some instances and i know that it will be well because i believe it and every time it always turns out well life just is a circle when it's not well i know it will get well for sure because it's happened before to me mm -hmm. and god's no respect of people not at all if it's well for you today it's gonna be my time sometime soon yeah 
Oh, that's yeah. so good. And so what do you do in those seasons when it's like, oh, Lord, this is not well. This is the opposite of what I have hoped for. What do you do to maintain your joy in those seasons? Every day, being consistent and uh, reading the word and praying and in checking myself as well to say, um, he, it's not a promise that it's always going to be well in your life. Um, be who you say you are in these situations mm. and uh, accept what's happening. Learn what lesson God wants you to learn. Or even if you don't learn the lesson, uh, be in this season. Everything has a season and this is the season for you to be in. And you have to own that and be in that season and really be aware of what's going on around. So I am really consistent in just my dedication to devotion, uh, to doing uh, positive things like working out, try to eat better, um, even during those times, because all of those things kind of affect your mood, your joy. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really consistent, uh, more intentional during those times when it's not well. Oh, that's so good. And I think a message, one of the I heard consistency and dedication, because even though things can be going on all around us, you have made a habit of, no, this is how I'm going to start my day. This is how I'm going to be intentional, as you said, in getting through this day, no matter what the happenstances may be. Mm -hmm. I want to pick on something you also said is, be who you know you are. So if you had to put that into a sentence, I am, who, what would you say? How would you complete that? I would say it varies because sometimes I am something that's not who I am presently, but I am, I am, I am striving who I'm supposed to be. That, that is who I am. I am always striving to attain who I'm supposed to be and who I am supposed to be as someone that's serving and helping other individuals always. And so whatever season I'm in or whatever role I'm in, that I'm always doing that to give back to, to others. I think that's what I, I'm always striving to do. Mm, to be a servant, to be a servant leader. So that shifts us to what you do now. And But I want to talk about how you got there. One okay. of the things I love about this podcast is getting a chance to hear and see how God has orchestrated the paths of your life to get you where you are. And it makes me wonder if God gave you more hours in a day <laughs> than he gave most other people. <laughs> so I wonder, as you consider your personal and professional journey, what has wowed you? Where I am today has it, it wows me the most uh just I can look back to over my life and and there are some moments that I'm just like wow God you did what you said you were going to do or what you what you promised definitely and why am I wowed by him saying he would do something or or speaking to me saying this would happen and it actually happens just because I am wowed that it is me you chose me you gave me the opportunity to actually do these things mm -hmm. so it wows me to look back over my life for sure. But where I am today, too, it wows me. That's good to stay in the wow. So in 2019, you were a part of history here in Harris County, being one of the 19 black women elected as judges. Um, and the campaign was known as Black Harris County or Harris County Black Girl Magic. When you recall those moments of the campaign and, and really seeking that office, what sticks out to you the most? Uh, what sticks out to me the most is uh, a lot of times when you're in the midst or in something, uh, 
you don't really get the magnitude of it. But what sticks out to me the most were the other 18 women, um, having other 18 black women uh, who were qualified, who were smart, who were witty, who were believers, funny, all of these personalities, but different, mm -hmm. right? Um, and having their support to go along in the journey was the thing that stands out to me the most because there were good times and there were not good times, but to have them with me along on the journey definitely always stands out. Specific moments, specific individuals, uh, yeah, it always stands out. And so that leads to my next question is how important has sisterhood and support been to your journey? Um, I would say it's been an integral part of my journey. Um, who you surround yourself with um, and proximity matters. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when you are being mentored or when you're on the same level with colleagues or when you're mentoring or helping others, proximity definitely matters. So being with sisters and women just throughout life, growing up, um, women in my family, friends in college, high school, and even now with that campaign has been an integral part of my life and has helped me get uh, further, faster. Um, if you uh, want to go, I think the saying is, uh, if you want to go fast, go at it alone. If you want to go further, you know, go with other other people. And so sisterhood has definitely helped me get to where I am today. So I want to know, why did you have the passion to go into politics? Because politics, whether Harris County, state of Texas, um, no matter what political office that you seek, has its challenges in getting even getting started mm -hmm. getting supporters building the fundraising efforts so what gave you the courage to even start uh so you mentioned that you met me back on the campus of Prairie View uh A&M and on the campus of Prairie View I served in student government and even back then um Texas politics Waller County last place for the slave stronghold in Texas mm -hmm. for um slavery being abolished it was an issue then even for us to vote um, in Walla County. They wanted students in college to go back to their hometown to vote, which is not uh, possible usually on a Tuesday. Mm -hmm. And then again, I went back and taught at Prairie View after I graduated as well. And I was over their pre-law program. Um, so, the yeah, the nine law schools in Texas were looking for minority students. And so they created funding to create a pre-law program. So I went back and taught on the campus. And we basically filtered uh, law students, minorities, African-Americans, into the nine law schools. They paid for, like, LSAT prep for the students. They paid for them to do tours and go to different um, law firms and mm. other parts of legal to introduce them to legal, uh, to the law. And a lot of them are law students. I still keep in touch with them as well. But anyhow, during that time, I ran for judge at Waller County. Mm -hmm. Because at that time, again, there had been a march on campus. They were trying to keep the students from voting. And uh, in Walla County, if you live in the city of Prairie View, there are politicians that are minorities, but most of the other counties are cities within Walla County. It's not. And they were trying to suppress the vote and oppress the students. So I ran then, and I lost uh, then as well in Walla County. And after that, I um, was like, I thought, Lord, this is what you told me to do. This is what you called me to do. But I lost. Um, so this can't be it. That was in 2010. So I ran, you know, eight years later. Mm -hmm. um, but it's just a calling on my life for sure, um, calling me back into the fold, calling me back out again to, to run. And it's always been there. It just wouldn't be suppressed. It wouldn't, wow. wouldn't stay quiet. I love talking about the waiting season. So between your first election, mm-hmm, 
and the loss and then your next election and the win those eight seven or eight years in between what do you think the loss helped you to learn to prepare you for the 2018 election and so uh in the losing season when i kind of got over myself as in mm -hmm. lord you know i lost the election you didn't let me win i'm upset this is not what you called me to do you said i would be a judge clearly that's not what you meant i lost right mm -hmm. so after that tantrum or pout then really sitting down and speaking to god what are you saying from from the loss and the lot and the answer was you need to go back and be better prepared and that's why you see um what some people call a re-up or you're in uh you're in pre-season or, or you're working two a days basically mm -hmm. to get better to get stronger to get faster from an athlete standpoint mm -hmm. but during that time i went back and got better from a legal standpoint um as an attorney and worked on my craft and got better i went to the military then as well and uh served as a judge advocate general which is just an attorney for the army okay. um and went to their law school to military law school and so just got better in my career to come back stronger and say now also add these credentials mm -hmm. to um my resume now i'm running for judge again mm. so that was just in in that season of okay you lost and you're you're down it looks like you're down but you're you're getting better working on yourself yeah so one of the previous guests from season one her episode her name is minister crystal berry mm -hmm. and she her, the title of her episode is pout or prepare i like it and so what i hear in what you did was i could either stay in this mm -hmm. the loss yeah i can either stay in the mm -hmm. the bitterness of right. it or i can take what i learned and prepare myself by going back, going into the military, which we're going to talk about that, mm -hmm. um, but getting more education, growing in your skills so that when the time did come, your resume and efforts spoke for itself of why you were best qualified um, to lead in Harris County. Yeah, and I'll go back to be who you're called to be mm -hmm. in, in, in that season. And it, it still is a winner. I'm saying I lost. We lost. But you're you're called to be a winner. You winning, mm -hmm. and and here we are, 2018. We we won. I won uh, that seat as well. Yeah. Oh, that's mm -hmm. good. That's good. So, from um, the military to politics, when you were in the military, what inspired you to even go? So ironically, at Prairie View, I always wanted to be in the military, but I didn't want to do uh, ROTC, which is was uh, a very strong. They had a strong presence mm -hmm. on our campus, um, but I didn't want to uh, be in uh, the military in school. But I did wanted to want to go to law school, and I wanted to be in the military always. My father uh, served in the military. Uncles. Um, had served in the military as well. So I definitely come from a military family, and my dad was in the Army. Um, and so I always wanted to be in the military. Mm. And so um, it was just a matter of if I was going to go in enlisted or as an officer. Gotcha. And after I did the research, I knew enlisted was not for me, mm -hmm. um, definitely, to go in as an officer. And so um, you have to have a degree to go in as an officer. And so that was uh, what, what started that journey, for mm -hmm. sure. And so how many years did you serve as a, a judicial advocate? Uh, as JAG, I was JAG for four years. I only did one term. Um, went to the law school, and then after military law school, served um, as one term, 
went in as a first lieutenant, and then I um, got uh, honorable discharge as a captain. Come on, captain. <laughs> Come on. And so what did you learn about yourself as having finally accomplished, like, okay, I want to go in as an officer, but then as you are growing, literally growing in the ranks, how different was that, was the reality from what your expectations were? Very different uh, because what the Army recruitment or what they sell for military, uh, if you go in as a chaplain, as a doctor, as an attorney, uh, the benefits and how they treat you, they sell it because they want to recruit you and they lack um, usually the prof that professional skill set. Okay. And so they sell it uh, in a different way. But the reality is you still go away. You go to a tailored boot camp for um, officers or for lawyers, which is different from what regular officer mm -hmm. candidacy, uh, what they go through. But to be away, to uh, step away from my career as well, because I was a practicing attorney when mm -hmm. I went, and to be in a, a town, Fort Benning, Georgia, which is one of the training facilities, and to go from, I mean, I had my own home at this time, and to go to like a, back to a dorm situation, mm -hmm. essentially, uh, for the military, um, and go through boot camp, and go through land navigation, and go through, you know, PT, physical training, that was different. And so that was definitely a reality check, and really a, a check to see, can you actually do this? Mm -hmm. Are you going to be who you said you are and sign up for this and actually go through this and, and graduate and complete the task. And then to go back to school again, because I had been to Prairie View, I had been to law school, mm -hmm. and then to go to a uh, military law school, which is located on the campus of uh, University of Virginia in okay. Charlottesville, Virginia. And so to do that as well, um, all of it, the training, before you actually get to be a JAG, it was uh, a reality check and a gut check to, mm -hmm. this is what you signed up for and are you up to the task? Um, but to be able to do it and complete the task was uh, was rewarding that that um, I, I made it through. Yeah. Yeah. So it sounds like from your your journey that completion is important. Definitely. Uh, I would say my dad is uh, someone who is of the thought that if you start it, you need to finish it. Um, playing sports, uh, doing any extracurricular activity growing up. School, that's that's his, you know, motto. You need to finish what, what you start. And so completion is important for sure. That is so interesting to me because every time as you, you're telling the journey of your life, it's I started this, I believed in it, um, and then I completed it, whether it was what you thought it was going to be, whether it was better or, you know, than your greatest expectations. Yeah you were intentional on starting and finishing. I've talked about spiritually, you know, a lot of times today, but if you think about just God's journey to the cross and like, are you gonna, it's hard. Are you going to complete these things? And a lot of times today, people start things and they don't complete it because it's not comfortable or because they don't like it. That's important to me. Uh, you, you have to complete the task you were called to do, even if it's uncomfortable, even if you don't like it. Because at the end, of the end of the day, is it about you or is it about more people than you? Mm. And a lot of times it's about more people than you. And so you need to complete the task, not just for you, but for the others. Oh, that's so good. Oh, that just hit me different. <laughs> it hit me different because sometimes, oh, man, it hit me different. Because we think of ourselves. Yeah, when it's uncomfortable. I need to start this mm -hmm. and finish it. 
what are the benefits for me? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And so many times we, and let me not say we, me, if I quit, it's like, well, I quit. Mm -hmm. I don't consider or have not considered who I then impact because I didn't finish what I started. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Told y'all I'll do these podcasts for me. Um, <laughs> but if you blessed by it, then praise the Lord. But that just hit me different. Because the cross is that, right? He, it wasn't for him. It was for everybody else. So you you got to think about your journey or your, your calling. Is it for you? How is it affecting others? Ah, mm-hmm. wow. That is so impactful. Um, as a judge, um, you are now open to the criticisms and opinions and thoughts of others, and not just of your legal opi- legal opinions, but also of your life decisions. Mm-hmm. How do you handle the weight of that responsibility? A lot of times I don't even really think about it. Uh, I feel like, again, God's called me to this, and so he makes the burden light. Uh, it's a yoke. I'm yoked up with him, and so he makes it very light as far as the opinion of others. It's almost like you know it's coming. You have to expect it. That's what the job calls for. And so I'll be criticized by colleagues that are attorneys, right? Because you have to be an attorney to be a judge. So they are also criticizing you or critiquing you as to if they think you're a good jurist. A lot of times you're getting criticized, of course, by just the public who's in your court and who is before your court. Um, And then the media as well uh, that sees outside looking in because they don't know all of the details going on and then family and friends and you would be surprised just social media right yeah. uh, personal things that maybe you'll do it, it affects the the position or the seat people definitely want to wait or give their opinion on that but at the end of the end of the day and I, I think about my time on the bench or as a judge I would say it hasn't been too bad and that's just because I think I'm in in my calling and that's what I'm supposed to do. So I, I just, it's, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. I know it's coming. Yeah. And sometimes it has been hard. Uh, some media backlash for sure. Um, so much, in fact, that we even hired a publicist um, to represent the judges uh, because the media was coming down so tough. And it was, you can't say anything back as a judge. Right. And so we wanted uh, kind of a do-good uh publicist for uh Harris County and so some we hired someone and I actually reached out to uh a colleague and friend from Prairie View um Shalia Reed yes Hughes we always say we're cousins Mm because her maiden name (laughs) is Hughes we're not but she is my cousin so I reached out to her and um we actually hired somebody that she referred that she had worked with but it can become difficult but it hasn't been because of things like that and people that come alongside to help uh help the situation that's good to even if you're not in a judicial setting to be mindful the weight that we put on ourselves the weight of responsibility is when you are operating in as you said what god has called you to do whatever comes to you god will equip you to be able to handle it for sure so many of us see or hear your accomplishments of your career and may forget that there is a person that's actually in the rope, that there's a person sitting in the seat. How do you maintain your self-care? So uh, growing up, I'm really close to my family. Okay. Uh, literally would uh, spend summers with cousins in the country. East Texas is where my mom and dad are both from, a small town in northeast Texas. Um, and so family and friends is a, a big part of me in that 
helped me stay grounded and that helped me uh, remember who I am. And um, I like to have fun. And so getting to have fun and spend family time and do normal, average, everyday things, spades, dominoes, uh, food. I love food, cooking, eating, and traveling uh, and working out. And so I would say wellness for me is uh, definitely being around my family and friends and just uh, spending time with them. And if that's enjoying food, if that's enjoying a game or a movie, um, travel, but definitely friends and family is is me. That that makes me happy. I also know that you are a mentor to many um, as they are moving in their career. They see your career and they're like, hey, how, how do I do mm-hmm. this? Tap, tap, yes. If you can think about some advice that you've given to some, you know, law, young law students or folks that's looking at it, what do you think is the most impactful advice that you have given and or been gave? Uh, I think a lot of times people try to be something that they are not mm-hmm. or copy, essentially. And I'm not saying don't get a blueprint and use that blueprint to get to where you want to be, uh, but be who you are in every situation. In your law school application, I told you I used to help the pre-law students going to law school. Look at your colleagues and then ask yourself, what did everybody else say on their law school application mm-hmm. that they applied for? And what do you have different that makes you stand out? Um, and if you don't have that, then work on getting that that makes you different to stand out or ask God to show you what that is. Mm-hmm. And it, he will give you something or it will be something that makes you different. Accept that and be happy about what makes you different because that is what is setting you apart and making you um, stand out. And so just be who you are. Be who you're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Be who you're supposed to be. And I think my final question in this section before we talk about your journey ahead, um, currently you are a federal immigration judge. Mm-hmm. I don't want to get deep into the political piece of where our country or maybe state um, falls in terms of immigration. But I am sure you hear some horror and sorrowful stories. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain your joy given what you take in on a daily basis? So mentally, um, you can prepare yourself, but there are going to be some things that you don't uh, expect. It doesn't match up to what you expect. Um, you, I definitely have to um, take a step back return to like we talked about before some of the things that I enjoy uh, because it can be taxing and it can be a lot of weight on you mentally uh, when you hear these cases when you hear these stories when you see these things happening to individuals and to still follow uh, the law and to still take your self-care into consideration and so if it's taking a wellness day if it's uh, being around friends and family and just remember to have fun and balance because if you don't, it will definitely consume or overwhelm you. So you have to have some balance in uh, doing some things that you love that make you happy, for sure. Mm-hmm. Finding the things that you love mm-hmm. and not forgetting that you are a person and not the position. Indeed. Mm-hmm. Definitely. That's good. that's good. And that's good advice for all of us. No matter what your career, you are more than your title. Indeed. Always you are more than your title. More than your title. Mm-hmm. At some point, we will all retire from something. For not sure, <laughs> for sure. Or you, you may not even be doing that. You mm-hmm. know, the next next phase of your life, it may be something completely different. Oh, that's true. And so, yeah, don't let the title define you. Mm-hmm. 
Don't let the title define you. So as we move to this next segment, which is your journey ahead, as you are seeking and praying and being intentional and steady with the Lord, would you dare share your vision, your hope, your dream for yourself over the next five years? Over the next five years, I would uh, think that I would not be in this position anymore. Down the road, I have other aspirations that I would I would want to uh, pursue. And so I am going to uh, step out on faith and pursue those. A lot of my colleagues in this position, it's a lifetime appointment. So technically, I could do this for the rest of my life. But the Lord has already told me, you, you, you're not called to do this for the rest of your life when I started. And so, um, and he reminds me too daily, mm. this is not it. Um, so, you know, do, do well at this task, but you have something else. And so I can't say exactly what that is. I do have aspirations uh, to be somewhere else. You guys have probably seen in the news recent, uh, we just got a new Supreme Court justice that's, mm-hmm. a, that's an African-American female. And so that also has definitely kind of broadened my horizons or opened my mind to other things. I don't know what it is next, but uh, this is definitely not it. Coming soon, because it's going to be in the next five years. Uh, maybe when this airs, I'll be doing something different or working on something different. Oh, that's exciting. <laughs> that's so exciting. If there is a law student or a pre-law student that's like, I need help. How can someone get in touch with you if they're looking for mentorship, if they're looking for, you know, guidance? Not legal advice, y'all. Not legal advice. Not legal advice. Career advice, yes. Um, How can they get in touch with you? I would say don't call the courthouse or use that email just because uh, the staff is more protective, right, of who they give the information out or if they pass messages along. A lot of times they won't. They don't. So social media. Um... You would be surprised. Uh, people use the term slide in the DM, right? <laughs> uh, but no, you would be surprised how many law students have written me um, on direct messenger uh, or in my inbox on Facebook or written me on Instagram. And I have responded to them. I don't manage my page, but I get those messages. Um, a law student usually manages my page and they will tell me, hey, judge, we got this inquiry. Are you interested? Or I'll see Anybody out and about, I'll go to events. If you see me, tap me on the shoulder for sure. Just write a message on social media and I will respond uh, to you and see if we, if we can help each other. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you guys so much. This has blessed me in so many ways, completing what you start, being intentional and consistent. Um, I'm going to be starting a challenge here probably right when this airs, I'll be starting a 75 day health challenge. Mm. So I needed to hear start and finish, start and finish, be consistent and be intentional with the decisions that I'm making. So thank you. You're welcome. It's going to be tough. 75 day challenge. Bless your heart. You can do it though. You're going to do it. I can't wait. (laughs) Yes. We are going to finish it, but thank you so much because it's bigger than just me. It's the impact of being able to produce content like this. The healthier I am, um, the more episodes that we will be able indeed, to do. So, indeed. again, broadening my mind and perspective. So, okay. thank you so much. Y'all, be sure to like, share, and subscribe. And especially if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, it makes us more discoverable. But until we meet again every single Thursday, may God increase your joy 
grant you strength for the journey, and give you the courage to tell your story. Bye, friends.